Well, today it's not just old rich guys going to space. We are taking you into space right here on Florida's Fourth Estate. So glad to have you with us. I'm Matt Austin. Ginger Gadsden, my co-host, you know, she gets a lot of vacation time. Right now, she is in Italy sauntering around some vineyard enjoying herself. But we're going to go to an even cooler place. I'm thinking Jupiter today. And to uh, take us there and guide us through what is happening, we're talking about the Lucy, the Lucy mission. A rocket is going to send this thing up into space, and it is going to check out an asteroid situation that we don't really know much about it's called the trojan asteroids near jupiter and to help us sort all this out one of the guys who is helping with this mission he's going to be analyzing the data we have physics professor dr dan Britt from ucf dan thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today great to have you well thanks for having me that it's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. This uh, this is going to be fun because this is otherworldly stuff, literally. And I'm very interested to hear about not just this mission, but where this mission is taking us because it's a place we really don't know a whole lot about. So why tell the people? I know some people are starting to tune into this podcast. They're like, Flora's Fourth Estate's doing space again. Well, this is fascinating because. This is different. Okay, explain to us why this mission is different. Well, we're going to a region that we've never explored. We've been to, to Jupiter, but the Trojan asteroids are swarms of asteroids that share Jupiter's orbit, but orbit ahead of and behind Jupiter. So they're always in more or less the same position vis-a-vis -vis Jupiter and never run into Jupiter. But they're there and they've been there since the dawn of the solar system. And the thing that makes it interesting, right, is the fact that these asteroids might be able to give us a historical record about how everything was formed. How do, yeah. Why do we think that? Why do we, it's called well, the Lucy mission after uh, the first human that we found, one of the oldest hum, human remains that we found. Right. So we think we're going to learn something about the origin of everything, right? Right. Well, the whole thing about calling it Lucy was that you want to you want to look at the really the earliest origins of how something subsequently evolved. And we're on Earth and Earth is a very active geologically uh, uh, place that has done a lot of geological evolution in the four and a half billion years that Earth has been around. Four and a half billion years ago, the solar system was a much different place. And stuff was happening that we are just starting to understand aspects of it. But there's a lot we still don't understand. And what can help us understand this, this early, these early days are the remnants of those earliest days. And the Trojans probably are some of the least evolved, least processed, least beat up, least chemically changed stuff that you're likely to find in the solar system. Okay, that's the best explanation I've ever heard as to why asteroids can tell us more than yeah. say our own Earth. Okay, that makes sense because that was gonna be one of my questions. Because Earth, if everything, came from one spot and blew up at the same time, you would, you'd think we would all sort of uh, have hints yeah. at what happened. So you're saying because these asteroids 
don't have plant growths and creatures on it changing changing the dynamics of it that that will basically it's almost like frozen in time is that what you're saying yeah exactly and frozen is a good word for it because it's really cold out by jupiter's orbit so you're talking you know 50 degrees kelvin or so really mm. really cold um and what that does is it preserves this material from the earliest days of the solar system and the thing is that uh, Earth has actually evolved quite a bit because not only is it a big complex place with water, but the very fact that it has life has changed the fundamental mineralogy of Earth. Life interacts with rocks and creates new minerals. And so there are a lot of minerals you find on Earth that you don't find anywhere else in the solar system just because life is interacting. And what we, what we need to do is go to places that we haven't been to before and look at the materials that we haven't really had a chance to explore. You know, we get pieces of asteroids on Earth, meteorites, but they tend to be from the asteroid belt and the inner asteroid belt at that. And these things have also been processed and beat up over time. What we want to do is find the early stuff. That's why we go farther out to the orbit of Jupiter. And that is where this takes us. This is, yeah. uh, this is fascinating uh, stuff. And so what do you think? Like, I, I know that you guys don't just send something out there and you're like, ah, I have no idea what's going on. I'm sure you have a hypothesis of what you're going to find. What would excite you the most if you found it on this? Like what, maybe well, what, something we don't even know about? What I, I don't... would excite me the most is if I was wrong in what I think I'm going to find. Oh. And that happens more often than people like to say. <laughs> you know, because I'm a planetary scientist. And what happens is that you're, do, you're, you're working off the knowledge you already have. But you're going to entirely new places. To, re, to You know, you talk about alien environments. These are alien environments. Really alien. And so you get surprised all the time. You find out that you were wrong with what you thought of originally because now you, now you know better. And one of the sayings in planetary science is if you're, you're afraid of being wrong, find another job. <laughs> you're not allowed to be wrong in my job much, but we don't make many well, uh, pro yeah. prognostications in yours, uh, as many as yours. So that's interesting. And so what do you think we're going to find? What is your hypothesis of well, the big the big the proof we're going to see from this area well i think what's going to happen is we'll find how this stuff um will essentially find a lot of asteroids that are huge hundreds of miles in diameter but have compositions that maybe be be a lot like comets and this would be interesting and strange and tell us a lot about how how stuff formed in the early days, how you make planets. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So I feel like we're kind of going into this with an open mind oh, where, yeah. where we have, don't really know what we're going to find, but we do have some guesses. Okay. So when are we going to start? I know. You, so you're getting the data back. When will you start seeing this information and digesting it and trying to figure it out? Well, we're launching tomorrow morning. Um, 
it takes a while to get out to Jupiter. Jupiter's a long I, way. I would think, I would think that so, would take a minute. <laughs> yeah. So the actual first flybys are not for another five or six years. Oh. So 2027, 20, 28, you know, this is, you do space, you have to be patient. Yeah. And then we're going to loop back around to Earth. Because the orbit basically loops us into the Trojan swarms and comes back to Earth. And we used Earth to redirect the spacecraft to the next cloud of asteroids. Um, interact with Earth's gravity in order to change the spacecraft trajectory. And the second encounter is going to be 2033. So. Wow. So no. Uh, so you have no early retirement plans. Is that I what you're telling not. me? <laughs> I guess not. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to try to keep at it, you know, exercise regularly, eat right. Yeah, like yeah. I hope you're on uh -huh. a good good diet and good exercise regimen. So you're, are you planning to to see the fruits of all of this? I mean, the, you, you can't stop so. doing this until you get that information and see if you're right. Yeah, well, what just amazes me most is that uh, people pay me to do this. Because <laughs> it's... It's what I think is interesting and fun. And um, so I'll keep at it as long as, uh, as, as, long as it, I, I can. Um, but the point, I actually have a, a younger colleague who, who, is, uh, who I'm working with who will take over for me after, after a few years. Yeah. But uh, the, the point is that this is an ongoing story. And this is how... This is one of the reasons why America dominates space exploration, is that we're willing to take these chances and do these long range things to learn new stuff. And what we're doing, we're not only learning about space, but we're creating technology that, that, that makes, makes America stronger in the end. One of the technologies I'm curious about, if this spacecraft is all the way there in Jupiter. And I would imagine it's taking pictures and that sort of oh, yeah. data and sending it back to us. How in the heck do we get that? What technology are we using to get it from there to here? And I would imagine that takes a certain amount of time as well, right? Oh, yeah. Well, the the, the light time is, is, is a ways. I, I, I forget what the number is, but you have to be patient. And the data rate is not you know, uh, internet style gaming data rates. But what you do is NASA runs what's called the Deep Space Network, which is uh, a collection of three um, clusters of radio telescopes that are uh, spaced around the world uh, in California, in uh, Spain, and uh, in Australia. And as the world turns, these things communicate with these spacecraft and receive the data back. And they do a fantastic job. They're still communicating with the Voyager spacecraft and the New Horizons spacecraft, which have left the solar system, which are beyond Neptune. Yeah, pretty incredible stuff. Yeah, I it's just amazing to me. Let me ask a shallow question, okay? Sure. One thing I hear about a lot in articles, because it grabs people's attention, is that these asteroids 
carry some minerals that people will be interested in mining at some point in the future. And they say, maybe, maybe there's more gold on yeah. these things than there is uh, in the earth that we've ever mined. Is there truth to that? And do you see that being a future business? Well, I see it being a future business. It, you know, like all truth, uh, uh, the reality is more complex than the, the, the simple there's gold and then there are hills. <laughs> so a lot of the asteroids um, in the early days of the solar system melted. And just like the Earth, when you melt a collection of early material, some of it is iron, some of it is, is rock. The iron sinks to the surface and creates the core. Um, gold, gold and platinum and other things that you think of as valuable minerals have a tendency to sink to the core along with everything else that's heavy. And so if you can find yourself a metallic asteroid, and there are plenty of metallic asteroids out there, disseminated within that, that mass of iron, kind of atom by atom, is going to be a couple grams per ton of gold. So, you know, a gram per ton doesn't sound like a lot. You know, a gram is very little, a ton of iron is a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's a decent ore grade in many places. Uh, your issue is whether or not, but to be an ore, you need to be economic. You need to be able to make money by mining it. And we're not there yet for it to be economic. Uh, but that's, that's something that people in planetary science and in the mining industry um, are working on. And I, that will be a thing before too long. Yeah. How long is too long? I don't know, but <laughs> it'll be a thing. But remember that anything, you know, you think of gold and platinum as valuable stuff. In space, things like oxygen and water are tremendously valuable. And so I think we're closer to being able to do things like mine regoliths, that is the surface of these bodies for oxygen and water. And that's something that a lot of people are working on. Yeah, that would help us a lot more than uh, being yeah. able to, uh, wow, you can have all, all this gold out there, but can you breathe on your space mission to get to the next planet? Because that that's the end goal, right? Yeah, uh, for right. all of this is we want to be able to mine things in the moon and use the resources there to get us to Mars. And then in Mars, maybe we can use that to get us to uh, some asteroid yeah. that can, right? Because we somehow we've got to be gaining resources as we're doing this space travel. Right, because it's a real pain to drag everything off the surface of the Earth because planetary scientists talk about being in a gravity well, and you're in a really deep well here. And in order to, to drag a, a pound of stuff off, you need to expend 10 or 20 or 30 pounds of fuel and spacecraft to do it. It'd be much smarter to have that stuff, most of that mass already out there. So that if you want to go to more places, you can have your fuel and your consumables, like your breathable oxygen, replenished from local resources. Yeah, it just makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, All right. So before I let you go, I know you're a busy man. Tell me, so as we send this rocket up it is it will be saturday morning october 16th if you're listening to this afterward uh 
What is the one thing five, six, 15 years from now that you are just going to, you're really waiting with bated breath to see about this? What, what is the one thing you think could happen that gets you jacked about this mission? What gets me jacked is all the stuff I can't imagine seeing. That I'm going to, we're already trying to, to characterize these asteroids as best we can. And we're already seeing that they, a lot of things we don't understand. So what I, what I do this for is to learn something that I don't know right now. And I once had a student who I'd, I'd given them this project. I said, well, this is important. And he asked me, well, what, is, what am I going to learn? What am I going to discover? I said, I don't know. But it will be something. It will be significant. And it will make your name in the scientific community. I just don't know what that is. And it turned out I was right. So, Look at that. Yeah, how about that? I like it. And, and you know, and that's what well, that's why we do this stuff is that we don't know. Yeah. We just have no idea. We are going yeah. out into uncharted territory and that is fascinating stuff. Dr. Dan Britt, physics from UCF. I am excited to see what you come up with, what we find out and what we learn from this. Thank you so much for joining us on Florida's Fourth Estate. Well, thank you for having me. All right, everybody, have a great week. Ginger will be back next week. <laughs>